Hello and welcome to the Atomic Impact Podcast designed to help business owners and leaders with short atomic episodes to impact your business for marketing, sales, business growth, personal growth, and much, much more. I'm your host, Jason Osborne, and I'm looking forward for your business and life to be positively impacted by this podcast. And as a thank you, just for listening, I'd like to give you free access to my LinkedIn mini course to help you get on the right track with LinkedIn to generate high quality leads without being spammy. All you need to do is go to www.impactforleads.com to get immediate access. Now, let's jump into today's episode. Hey, it is Jason Osborne here again with yet another episode of the Atomic Impact Podcast, and it is great to have Sean Walsh on the show today. Uh, Sean works with people in business to make change happen. He has a track record of improving ways of working, embedding new technology, and leading people through change. Uh, As one of the three co-founders of Perform Partners, he oversees the core delivery function of Uh, and the building of technical and business teams. He works with the teams on customer engagements in his senior leadership role. Uh, Sean's career also, uh, he started in the British Army at 17 in a communications and technology role. After serving five years, he transitioned into IT, building a career in helping organizations with technical problems and offering viable, fast-to-implement solutions, which is a good thing. (laughs) Along the journey to date, he has completed a master's degree in management and currently studying to become a qualified psychotherapist and leading coach using transactional analysis. And outside of the office and classroom, uh, Sean is a highly active dad uh, of two highly energy young boys. I can relate with that. Uh, When he's not running with his boys, he has an avid uh, amateur athlete. He's an amateur athlete, rather, with several marathons under his belt, uh, a 10K Lake Windermere swim and long distance cycling, including taking part in the 100 mile uh, Tour de Yorkshire race, which happened here a few years back. So, Sean, after all of that, welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you, Jason. Thank you. What a nice leading. I'm almost getting tired listening to it. Never mind uh, living through it for the past few years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, listen, man, it's great to have you on. And and uh, I know we, we talked a bit pre-show around the concept of uh, building change resilience. And there's several things that you have done and are currently doing right now, which we'll talk about, that kind of leads into that whole element of change resilience and how you approach those things. So do you want to just kind of jump in and um, kind of kick that off on, on your thoughts around that? And yeah, just take us where you want to, man. And I'll ask questions as we go. Yeah, good stuff. So yeah, on change, I feel like obviously we're constantly changing. Other things may have been looking static over the last 12 months for everybody. So I've picked three compelling events that have taken place recently for me. You know, the split between one of the cloudest, one of the cloudest, one of the largest cloud migrations in Europe. And my company's just recently wrapped up a 300-year-old house renovation, which I'm just about to wrap up and move into, which is very nice. And uh, a 10K outdoor swim um, that I trained for uh, with six months, within six months from zero to swimming it. Yeah. So yeah, three different areas, but the common thread between them, I recognize a tipping point within each. Um, and that's led, led me to reflect, and I'm curious about what drives me towards 
doing these things, what drives other people towards entering and completing these things, you know, alongside the business aspect as well, and how we can stay resilient in them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, all, all those things, it, 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 and I like that you've, you've spread that out over different areas as well. So you've got the business element, you've got your, your home renovation that you're doing, which is more personal. And then you've got the, um, you know, the, the real person, which is really down to you, because your, your house builds more of a family kind of outward thing, but your, your athleticism and what you do with that is very personal, but each one of those has its own challenges and uh, all, you know, downsides and upsides to it and all that. So well, in your experience, not only with doing that with those, in those three areas, but also working with the people that you work with, what's one, one or two of the biggest um, either tips or challenges that you see people have when it comes to making change, dealing with change, even change that we don't necessarily ask for, but it just, it happens anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess recognize what's going on with it and try to keep things simple. So, you know, I don't think anybody likes change thrust upon them. And that probably comes into, you know, our perception of control when change is pushed on you, you know, you lose that perception of control and being able to influence what's going on around you. So certainly when I'm involved with change, we like to bring people on the journey, but you know, I think any element of it, because it is new, it's a weird thing because something is, you know, change is constant, you know, without doubt. It is the only constant quoted many times, but we carry common emotions around it. And I think it stems from fear, you know, recognizing fear, which could uh, put people off changing, trying something new, sticking with it, you know, which comes back to change resilience and being able to work through it is, is really important. So you get the benefits out the other end. But it's, yeah. you know, I've been involved in change for the past over 20 years now. And there's still those common elements. There's still those almost primal, primal emotions, probably driven from the amygdala that says, you know, you shouldn't be doing this. Are you good enough to be doing this? Why are you doing this? What's everybody else doing? You know, but being able to recognize that and hold that tension, you know, with the team and guide people through feels really important to making good change happen. A good yeah. change stick as well, removing some of the stress. Yeah. 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 So in, in, in your build up to um, helping with one of, you know, the UK's largest cloud migrations that you've done and, you know, 300 year old house renovation that you're doing um, the, the stuff that you do with your, your, uh, with your athlete, athlete, that's not the right word, but stuff that you do with your athleticism, what are some key things that you do in preparation coming up to those things? Cause I would assume that you know that there's going to be challenges in those. So how do you prep yourself for that to be able to deal with uh, uh, change things that maybe, as you said, just come up that you hadn't expected? Uh, I, I would imagine doing one of the UK's largest cloud migrations. Uh, I would assume there were probably some challenges along the way that maybe you guys didn't know. Maybe you didn't know. I don't know. But just talk us through some of that, that process uh, that you go through and some, some ideas that people could do to prepare for change um, that there are, that's coming up for them as well. Yeah. So you know, when you face any big project, I don't think you walk into it almost new. So it's, it's almost the backlog of your experiences that contribute towards it and, and recognizing, recognizing where things are almost instinctually. And then, you know, 
almost resisting being overwhelmed by the sheer size of it. You know, if, when we started that delivery, if if we'd have seen just focused on the end of it and worked on the goal, you know, we'd, we'd have been frozen. We'd have been, we wouldn't have been able to proceed through you know, the old analysis paralysis. So we tend yeah. to break it down into manageable chunks, explain what's going on, state what things are as simply as possible, you know, even though it's, it could be complex technically, and then take one step at a time and check in with people. Are we all talking about the same thing? Don't carry assumptions into meetings. There might be a lot of people smiling and nodding, but are we understanding what's going on? And and I'm comfortable asking those stupid questions. Uh, is is this right? Are we doing the right thing? If it was the right thing yesterday, is it still the right thing today? You know, yeah. not being afraid to change and pivot because we're we're in constant flux. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of the uh, real key things as well that I've noticed in my own life is being able to. Uh, look at a situation and and ask yourself those questions as well. You know, what uh, has something changed? Do I need a pivot in what I'm doing? And uh, making that, uh, being able to make those decisions on when you actually let something go or do you stick with it because you need to to maintain that um, as opposed to just sticking to something for the sake of of sticking to something, which often isn't a very good option. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and sometimes, you know, I feel you've just got to be able to cover your head, roll with the punches and grind it out when things are hard, knowing that you can come out the other side. And that, I'm not, I'm not going to say it gets easier. It becomes more recognisable. I guess I can recognise now when, I'm, when I have to roll with it and cling on, knowing that, you know, it's hard now, but there'll be an upswing. And then making the most of those upswings, you know, when, when the team's in flow, when things are when things are going your way, really capitalize on that. Um, but yeah. don't assume, don't assume an easy ride in anything. You know, it's, I've never been on a project where it's just been straightforward. <laughs> never ever, from the smallest change to the biggest change. Where, and I think that comes from, you know, change is essentially creating something out of nothing. It's creating something new, and it needs a, a transfer of energy to be able to do that. Yeah. Maybe the good leaders give that energy, you know, and you, you have to hold it. You have to hold it until it creates it and then learn how to recover. Yeah. Yeah. I, along that, like one of the things you said with that is like, like change is always going to happen. You've never been on a project that's going to gone hundred percent and that it, it doesn't necessarily get easier. You just learn how to deal with it better which in some ways makes it a little bit easier, but the challenges are just, they're, they're different. And I'd like to hear your perspective on this. I, 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 um, uh, I have a friend who runs um, a very, very large charity here in the UK. And he, sometimes when he says stuff, some people may take it as very cynical, um, but actually what he's talking about is that a lot of wisdom. And he just said, if he goes for more than two or three days without a problem happen, he looks up and looks around and, and, and starts looking at where, where is it coming from? Because he knows it's coming, right? Yeah. He knows something's getting ready to come. And that might say, oh, you know, that's really negative and all that kind of stuff. But I actually think there's a lot of wisdom in that as well. So based on what your experience is, like, what are your thoughts around that? And, and as you said, it, it doesn't get easier, but you learn how to manage that and how to deal with those things that come up. Yeah, I think it becomes a way of thinking. I suppose in all projects speak, you're talking about risks and mitigations. And 
you know, I've often wondered what project managers, program managers do, but, but yeah, it seems to be a role that's that's valued. You know, it's certainly valued to me, but to quantify what we actually do is, it, it becomes part of your almost persona and way of thinking. You know, you're being able to look up and take the long view of what's coming at you and how you can protect the team from it, how you can shape things, how you can pivot. Uh, it, it's repeatable patterns of thought and you do become more resilient to it but then on the other end of that I believe you need to be able to take a break from it and recharge as well and so you can stay on top you know on on top form there's there's probably such things to change burnout yeah 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 definitely and I I think that's true as well I think having that balance to be able to uh, just take some time out and recharge and all that's really important as well and um because because one of the things as well that I've noticed and as I speak to other leaders and people that are, you know, quote unquote, far more successful than I am in different areas of my life. One of the things that I've always found really interesting that they've said is, you know, the problems don't go away. They just change in the nature of the problems. So, yeah. you know, in terms of like owning a business, if you own a business with 50,000 pound turnover, you have 50,000 pound problems. If you have a hundred, you know, half a million pound turnover business and you have half a million pound problems. And if you have a 10 million pound business, you have 10 million pound problems. They're just different levels of problems, but they're still always there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And it's interesting what personalities gravitate towards solving those problems. And I've I've reflected on having kids. I've got two young kids, a five-year-old and a a three-year-old. And we, you know, we're just trading problems. The, The problems are different from changing nappies to, um, you've been able to run around and keep up with them now as they hunt me in a little pack or, you know, being able the problems that they'll bring home from school as they develop in the questions, mm. maybe what, what we create as people, I think, you know, the business is a reflection of how we operate. So yeah. the beliefs that we put in there and the type of problems we have, it's, I think the synergy there and we're all about solving problems. You know, that's what makes it interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me ask you this. In, in, in a world where it seems to me there's a lot less, um, I'll, I'll say kind of resilience. Um, I'll, 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 give, I'll give you an example. Um, I saw a post and I started laughing at it. And, and uh, it was someone made a post on Facebook or something. It was a little image. And they said, um, uh, you know, it, it was talking about kids these days and, and not having as much resilience. And they said, man, you know, when I was a kid, I died and my mom told me to walk it off. <laughs> and, and I look back, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm 42 now and I don't feel that old, but you know, back 30, 40 years ago, it does feel like there was a lot more like, well, just shake it off. We're now, it, it, you know, there feels like there's, and maybe there's a, a balance correction that needed to happen. I don't know, but in a world that it feels like people may be a little bit more wanting people to, you know, hold them and, pet them and tell them everything's okay. How, how do we deal with that change when it feels like a lot of people just want to be told everything's all right? It's a big, that's a big question. It's, it's a big question. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But part, part of me leans on the, uh, the psychoanalysis analysis and therapist side, but um, I don't know. It feels situational. It's, I tend to work to the concept that, you know, it's okay to be sad and not, not suppress those emotions. 
uh, that you know there's got to be a bit of self-reflection on that as well you know where how do we certainly you know, framing it from the kids perspective how do we prepare them to be independent and resilient for the yeah. future it's their reflection of us and you know, we can't say kids are kids are less resilient and it's their it's their fault these days they're made out of the same stuff kids were made out of 40 50 60 70 years ago yeah uh, it's you know they take what they take what we give them yeah um, I think broadly I mean kids kids have been the the hardest and the best thing we've ever done <laughs> without doubt and our approach as a family is I think it, be authentic and give them lots of love you know and they're much more resilient than we give them credit for much more adaptable yeah. um, and do your best I think that's all we can do and doing yeah. your best is variable. My yeah. best today, you know, it wasn't my best yesterday. And I'll do my best tomorrow. But uh, you, you can only do your best to think, show the kids love and uh, hope for the future, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, I think kids are stronger than, than oftentimes we make them out to be. And likewise, our colleagues and, and people we work with, you know, they, I think people... You know, I think people actually enjoy being challenged in, in the right way. I think there's some wrong ways of doing that as well. But uh, I think we all want growth. And if we're not growing, then then we, you know, we seek we seek out that challenge. And if even if we don't realize we're doing that, um, that's a whole nother. That's another big question we can go into, but we don't have time <laughs> for today. But well, listen, Sean, it's been great chatting to you through that. Um, I, yeah, just raised some really good questions around it as well. So, but if people want to get in touch with you and learn more about kind of what you do and potentially how you can help them and and what they're doing, what's the best way for them to contact you? Yeah, gr- grab me on LinkedIn. There's there's plenty of details on there, and uh, you know that'll back off against the Perform Partners website. And uh, you know, just give me a shout. Always happy to have a chat. Awesome. Cool. And all that will be in the show notes as well uh, for easy access for people. So, well, Sean, thanks so much for taking the time out and being on the podcast today. Really appreciate it. Brilliant. Thank you, Jason. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Atomic Impact Podcast. And as a reminder, please go to www.impactforleads.com to get free access to my LinkedIn mini course to help you get on the right track with LinkedIn to generate high quality leads without being spammy. And please also like and share this episode with others and leave a comment as I'd love to hear from you. This is Jason Osborne and I look forward to sharing the next episode of the Atomic Impact Podcast with you.